ladies and gentlemen. It's episode fucking whatever it is, 18. 18 man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's episode 17. Yeah, that, you know what, man? That was a great episode. I had a lot of fun doing that. But um, today is a special day because I'm joined by a, a band that's been a very long time coming here, Born Beneath. Lou, Renee, thank you guys for joining me, man. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure here to be on here. the throne. No, but um, not for real. I mean, like I said, Lou, uh, we were talking earlier, you were one of the first people to reach out uh, when I first did, I think, like, after I did the episode with Ralph, probably. And mm-hmm. so it's been a long time coming, man. Yeah. Just, you know, I got stuck with personal issues and stuff, so. Yeah, of course. It's just one of those things, you know, I have now an ex-wife, and I still got my daughter, I got to work, I got to put the shows together, practice, recording. Yeah, it's rough, but yeah. I would have known it was this close. I, we were thinking it was going to be like an hour, 15 minutes. Yeah, right. for some reason, to us, I'm sure it sounds like it's a million miles away. But <laughs> yeah. It took not even 40 minutes to get here, so that's... No, dude, I mean... Pleasant surprise. Off 95, it's usually not that hard to get it. The time, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we chose to do it another time, it's different. But at 7.30 p.m., there's not much traffic, so... I was going to say that, yeah, if y'all had come a bit earlier, like, I, I just had to leave my house, like, at 5.30, like, a fucking retard. It's not our style to be early out so it's kind of weird that we're here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, dude, that, like, when you guys got here, like, like, 40 minutes early, I was like... Y'all, y'all are here already? Okay, yeah. fuck. Because I thought, for real, you guys were coming from my homestead or something if you said it was like an hour drive. Yeah, you know? that's what we thought. But we're just coming off a sick fucking show on Friday that, Lou, you put on. Man. That was great. What was that? Buried Alive, right? Buried Alive Music Festival. Fuck, yeah. dude. And I came better than I thought, man. My neck still hurts. Yeah, dude, yeah. My, I was going to say, I was sore as shit the next day, man. I haven't pitted that hard ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, but, yeah, you said you were surprised how well it turned out? Oh, yeah, it's just not surprised at how well it turned out. We've had some really good shows there, but yeah. just uh, the camaraderie getting bigger and stronger between all of us, you know, between all the bands, everybody stepping up the game, you guys did the light, the show, and all yeah. that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, that was the first time we did that. It's, it's so, nice, it's nice to see just everybody doing like a little friendly exhibition against each other, you know? Like, yeah, Eris with the lights, Eris won't Andy. Yeah. We also got uh, God Rock and rearranging some, the Chronic Dump for some changes. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's just evolving and, and doing great. Nice. This is funny um, that you guys brought that up, like about how it's kind of like uh, everyone's like kind of showing their chops and shit. Um, Malik brought up after the show that it kind of felt like, uh, I don't know, low key, this is kind of like snobby, I don't know, but like that we kind of like set the tone for the show. And like after the, the lights and the smoke and all that shit, like everyone was like, fuck, man, like we gotta. I mean, like, you guys, Born Beneath, Macronium, Era's One, McFisty, all the bands, like, after, like, brought their A games, yeah. dude. It was such a great show. Well, I back think to back to every back. single band, you know, as good, we all have our, obviously, we're all good, but every band has those nights where you yeah. just all of a sudden, like, you know you just played a killer set, and you know that, like you said, you set the tone for just the rest of the night, and now it's like, all right, guys, you guys were in. Yeah. You know, let's all play now. Let's all fucking give it our all, and also inspiring and all that. So, yeah, if you, and you guys did kill it. I mean, I, I love watching you guys. I was warming up right next to you to play next. Yeah. But I'm literally watching you guys, and I'm like amazed at the the light show you guys got going on. You know? It fits the music. It fits the style. I didn't even know your your keyboard player sings as well. Yeah, and yeah. Vince, 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 Vince plays everything, dude. That was all bass or guitar. Yeah, bass, yeah. dude. I was savage. I don't know how he 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 actually the the instrument that he started playing the most recent is keys. Oh like really? Yeah. He mentioned yeah. on the on the I mean. That's right. He started playing keys when he was a kid, but then he gave it up till he was back in Unoya, or started with Unoya again, because he needed a keyboardist. So <laughs> uh, the uh, the original keyboardist for Unoya, I don't know, he had to leave for such and such reason. But yeah, Vince is amazing. I I, I can't I can barely play more than the drums. You is know? he the is he the freshest member of Unoya? 
and me and him came in around the same time. Uh, originally, they asked me to join, and I, I wasn't doing anything. I just, um, Vince knew me through mutual friends, high school and stuff. And uh, I said no originally, because I just wasn't feeling like they showed me a demo or something they were doing. I just wasn't feeling it, dude. It was like one of those things. It's so funny now, because I really like like the song now, like after I added my, my flavor to it, whatever. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, me and Vince joined around the same time. When did Born Beneath start? Born Beneath started at the very beginning of 2015. That recent? Yeah. Like January of 15. Hey, we, we, we didn't play our first show until July. the summer. July. June. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wasn't it no, June? They, they changed the date to July, the beginning of July. For real? Super Summer Jam. McCrony was first show, too. We had the same I still show. think that's June 24th. It was. Something. It was June 27th that you changed the date. Oh, and it still got pushed. Yeah, and it still got, yeah. McCrony has been oh. around since only 2015, yeah. too. Yeah. We played our first show together. together. Yeah. Wow. And that's how we became so close. Grand Central. Band. Was it, was yeah. Kevin the drummer for both bands to start? No. No, not for McCrony. He he was an original Born Beneath member. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we did that for quite a while. And he's, you know, he's still around, obviously. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but McCrony, yeah, McCrony was gone at one point, literally at the same time, swapping drummers in, in the band. Um, the previous guitarists and stuff, like they would play, one guy would play the drums and then the other one would play guitar and then like the next song they would swap. Whoa. It was the coolest thing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I thought it was interesting, you know. It was, That's pretty it was dope. Different and I'm very proud of Joe and being, he's the only original member of the band at this point. Yeah. But um, really? I'm just so happy for him because now he got finally the sound he wanted. We've been talking for years, you know. We talk to each other about music so much in the scene, how much we, we love it and respect it to the point where it's just like, damn, we, we really like ignore most of our lives for the scene. Like we really yeah. put a lot into it and we're just completely in love. And the fact that we've started together and we've been doing this together, there's a there's a, another level of respect. I think like we're now we're turning into like more like family, which I love that, you know, to have somebody in the scene. No, well me and Joe, you personally, and Joe right? it's, yeah, just, it's like this, sure. this bond, you know? But the community is turning, it, it's, it's focusing, it's, sure, yeah. it's focusing on each other and it's listening to new bands and there's no more of those like little clicks. Remember back in the day, there was just those bands, the little click that you can't mess with. You know, they're too cool for they're school. Right, right. Right. Every single, yeah, they kind of stuck to themselves. Yeah, now everybody's kind of together, which is beautiful to watch. You know, you watch it at like, a Kryptonite festival or one of my shows or whenever we're traveling up north, you know, there's a lot of love out here in South Florida, so. And it's more than just people knowing each other. It's that we're all in it for the same reasons. Yeah. You know, we all do this because we have this passion that we, I guess, for lack of a better word, exploit as much as we can, you know, by going and playing and <clears throat> playing for people who give a damn. I mean, to me, that's what this started as, is another thing to bring, like, exposure to what we're doing. Like, at the end of the day, if this goes somewhere beyond where the community is and we bring everyone back and we come up together, you know what I mean? Right. Or vice versa, you know, I hope that if you all fucking go around tour the country, you come back on the show, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Tell me what that's like, because that's, I mean, that's, a, I mean, that's a, the dream, like, when I started this, to maybe have some actual, like, I don't know, big, like, to me, someone who was, I was stoked to have was Mike McSween, just because he's been around for so long, you know? Local legend. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, he was so humble about it, but to me, yeah, that, that was some That's his style. That's the cool thing about Mike, man, he's, he's the baddest guy, but he's so humble and down to earth. Him and Terry and the whole McSween family are fucking amazing. Yep. They've always been good to us, and um, they're like, they're like family. He's like a mom to me, yeah. Yeah, it's so. funny. I went to elementary school with Mitch. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, we just we rediscovered each other while I was in Unoya and stuff. 
like cool. You recognized me at the gate one time. <laughs> that's how shit happens, dude. Uh, getting back to like how how did you get started like doing your own shows, like setting up your um, own gigs, man. That's literally a very like, big deal. It was really random because we were at a kryptonite. It was like two years ago. A kryptonite meeting. You know, we do the meetings for for the tickets. Yeah, and yeah. The whole spill, whatever. And um, he also goes, if you want to do your own shows, you know, you should get with this guy. This is some random dude that I haven't really met. He's actually the song, the song guy in uh, Freaks and Ghosts. And I was like, you know what? That night I was like, hey, dude, you want to put a show together? And he's like, who's for you? I'm like, my name's Lou. I'm from Born Beneath. Uh, I know Dave, you know, from because Dave was in Clues Rebellion. We're all just really, really tight. And he goes, oh, if you know, if you know Dave, then we're cool, you know. And he gave me a show. It was like May fifth last year, and on a fucking Tuesday. And I'm like, fuck, on a Tuesday. Whatever, I gotta make it happen. And or churches is like, well, if you do good in this show, then we'll talk about doing weekends. Right. And so the first thing I did was reach out to fucking Santa Shout out to David Delafay of Macroni. Oh wow. Oh. Of Clues Rebellion. Yes, sir. And shout out Ghost, to Freaks and Ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's oh, also yeah. a local legend. He's been around for a very long time. Yes. Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Doesn't appear as much as he should. Yeah. <laughs> but he it's, it's, it's nice it. that way. It's nice that way. It's like, yeah. It's, when he's there, it's fucking magic. You know. Yeah. So that's who you talked to to originally get the story. Oh, he's a sound guy. But it's a guy named Kanishi. It's, okay. It's their sound guy. And he also does sound. At, he used to do sound at churches. I haven't seen him there for a while. But uh, is that the? Does he do DJing too? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That guy's yeah, awesome. That. He's yeah, awesome. yeah, he's a great. He's humble. He's cool. And his DJing set was dope too, man. Yeah. I saw him once, and they like cut his set short one time. Yeah. I think it was during Kryptonite, man, or something like that. Really? I, 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 I don't know. know. But yeah, he's cool, man. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But he's the guy who got me started. Him and Oski. And I had on like Tuesday, I'm fucking in May, what the fuck am I gonna do? So I called Sada Morrow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, so if I get Sada Morrow People are on my show, I could make an impression on management and I'll get my shit, you know? We ended up having a freaking beautiful night. Really? It was like on, eight a ba- on a Tuesday night. Eight bands, wow. Warren Beneath, Eras One. Um, the place was pretty packed. Yeah, it was pretty packed for a Tuesday night. And we were happy with They were happy with me. They're like, okay, if you could do that, then let's do Fridays and. Here and there, we'll, we'll you know we'll coordinate whatever. And since then, I've been doing shows, you know. Wow, dude, that's fucking dope, yeah. man. I think it's a a big deal because I mean, to have someone that's in the actual scene and knows what it's like to be in a fucking band and like have to play shows and knows what it's like to not get paid for a show and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's like a very big perspective. That's a good perspective to have as someone who's putting on shows. I yeah. think for the community, you yeah. know what I mean, because. Some promoters, you know, get over their head and, and they kind of, they forget that what it's like to be a, a musician that's struggling or a musician that's trying to make it. So I just appreciate the fact that you're putting on fucking shows, dude. That's what I appreciated about Mike <clears throat> before all this debacle happened, you know. But that's something that I think we need because venues are closing, bro. Anonymous closed, uh, Creepy Tiki closed, uh, Tobacco Road, right? What happened there? Oh, Tobacco Road. Tobacco Road. So much no. history there. That was, that was a sad one. We played, we played there with our previous project. We played there. The week before they closed, so like the last week or the second to last weekend, yeah. it was either a Friday or a Saturday. But we we played there the second to last weekend before they completely closed the doors. But man, it felt like if they didn't close the doors, like they were just gonna come down because that's that building, as awesome as it was, like it was just dilapidated. You know, like it was, it it's nice and I miss it, but it's like yeah, you know, it sucks. There's so much construction in the area. As well. I heard they're opening a new one. I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of, they're thinking about like relocating it real close yeah. and yeah, calling it the same thing, but it's not gonna be the same thing at that point. You just fucking it's legendary, man. I miss it. 
Every day I miss it. Every time I play a show, I miss it. When did they close? 2014. See, that's the thing. I, that was that was my senior year. Yeah. In fucking high school. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't. I wasn't around. That. I joined Unoya in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. So I'm very recent in the scene. Dude. I mean, mm-hmm. have there are there any other legendary venues around here that maybe aren't around anymore that I don't know about? I mean, I remember uh, one that I used to hear about a lot was the Talent Farm. Yeah. And, like, I don't know you're like that. Not not to be a dick, but. Uh, it was, it's, it's me. Addict, it's just uh, there was no no drinking, oh. and I was like, I'm gonna play that shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was dude. my fault. Like it was me being me at the moment over our past project, um, which some might remember. One mind. Oh, okay. shout out. Shout out to mind. One Mind. You know what I'm saying? They said it. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it was like me. I was like, oh, no drinking. Yeah, you're drinking the parking lot. I'm like, no, bro, it's not the same. It's like the vibe. I'm probably drunk when I'm saying this, but yeah, we ended up canceling the show for Time Farm. This isn't really an answer to your question about like good venues that closed, but I'm sure there's people listening uh, that know about House of Rock, which yeah, was over. In, House of Rock was amazing. That was over in Well, I don't even know if I'm That's what I'm saying. It's not answering the question. I, I, I like it. It was it was a weird venue. I mean, it was cool. Like you know, they had good band uh, bands trying to like play there and stuff, but the stage was awkwardly set up because it was like super tall, but. It was like small and it was like curved. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. And then the whole like policy with the drinks and the parking lot and all that shit too. That's one place that for some reason like I mean there's lots of good memories there, but it's, it wasn't a what I would call a great venue. Uh, Tobacco Road was a great venue. Uh, yeah. well, What's so special about Tobacco, Tobacco Road? Road? Tobacco Road because well I mean it's I don't know if you knew this, but it's liquor license number one for Miami. It's a what? Liquor license number one. It was the first bar to open. Oh, from what I've heard. No, read. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, and, and it's super old, man. I mean, I want to say it's like 1920s it was open. Holy shit. So it was around forever. That's why and the building was so far? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's these really old buildings in, in that whole downtown area that now are being remodeled and reconstructed, and the, the whole area is construction. I mean, it's a map. Even if it was still open, it would probably be a pain in the ass. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, but the, the thing that made it cool was anyone that has gone there or played there especially knows I mean there was different areas there was the inside bar there was the upstairs and people went upstairs there were bands playing upstairs but the only way up there was through this tiny narrow little staircase so you would see drummers taking up like a floor one time way in, way barely barely making it through with the floor time uh, guitarists like myself with a friggin 4x12 cap trying to get up there like it was just the most uh, cumbersome thing uh, but besides that, once you're up there, it's just like, this cool, like second floor, like wooden-looking stage and, and environment. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the one stage, and then they have another stage downstairs, and then another one downstairs outside on around the corner. Like it was just, it was really cool. Kryptonite used to be held there a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and Kryptonite, it was kind of like, kind of like how Kryptonite at Churchill's works in the sense that there's three stages. Right. Um, but it seemed like it was just more active. You know if that makes sense like at kryptonite at churchill's it seems like it's so much linear or more linear where it's just like all right now this band's playing now this band's playing now over at tobacco row is like almost like a free-for-all it's like not that it there's feels, no schedule yeah, that but it's kind of like there's so much going on everywhere all a the festival time. feeling that was there you know like yeah. we all have our own tents and there was space for all of us there was space for everything you would watch a couple bands downstairs and you'd be like all right let's go upstairs and see who's yeah. playing you, you know, need you need the, the whole thing the, the whole schedule to know where you're gonna go yeah it's nice it was beautiful Damn, man. And it, and it looked cool. I mean, like the whole, the actual place, the venue itself was, was nice. Oh, you were able to play that. You know, play yeah, it. just a little too late. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I'm, I would have been stoked to even see the place, dude. Yeah. 
I never even got a chance to it go It was there. a dunk, but we love that dunk. <laughs> I remember the first the dump first gig uh, that I ever played was fucking Churchill's. That place was a dump to me when I first fucking got there. Yeah. That was, I mean... That's part of his charm. I, now I see that. Now I, now it looked worse, man. It looked way worse. And now they've renovated the bathroom. So you can actually yeah. take a shit there, I think. No. I haven't stolen Have you guys place. heard Alex's fucking Churchill's bathroom story? Where I took a shit in the bathroom that now has a little uh, mattress or whatever there. Uh-huh. That only that has a, the... the the only the top of the door is there. I oh, took a shit on the left hand side, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. you know when you walk in, you have the main stage facing you, you're walking towards the back. Yeah, there's like then, another bathroom over there. Yeah, right? one on the left, one on the right. Oh, okay. The one on the left only has half a door. So the bottom of the door doesn't is not there. I literally sit sat down. I had to take a so shit. You would just sorry. So my face is covered. My face is covered. All you see is me taking a shit. It was like five minutes before a show, and I was like, you know what? I can't hold it. All the bathrooms are being used, and I just sat down. People are like, they open the door, I'm like, it is what it is. And then he I, played I, the show from the toilet. We brought him a wireless no, mic. No, fuck that. That, 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 that made it in time, but I have to take a shit. Pulled an Elvis. Yeah, it is what it is. From the toilet. No, I'm not, I, there's no shame in my game. Churchill's. Those bathrooms, man, they're they're legendary. They're infamous, right? Yeah, infamous. If the word infamous is ever written for anything, it's the Churchill's bathroom. That's, what fucking trips me out is who the fuck is sitting there putting stickers on the shit? Who's putting stickers on the toilet? Who's putting their hands on that fucking toilet? Yeah. When you walk into the flattening it down. If you're careful, I'm going to get I'm sorry, but the first one, like the first toilet when you walk in by the bar, there's a porn beneath sticker there. That was me. I don't give a shit. I washed my hands right after the bar. Oh, you heard it here first. That was Lou. That was Lou who did it. That's, uh, we put a sticker somewhere and I think someone took it down or something. I don't know. <laughs> someone's like, someone's not fucking with us, dude. I don't know. I just want to point out that both of you guys are wearing annoying shirts and I'm not, so um, I feel a little left feel out. Feel left out. Maybe it's because I don't have the annoying Maybe you should. That's, that's one of our bads. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a you problem, bro. Damn. We have those in stock. Right. Those are in stock. Well, before I leave this, <laughs> before I leave this glorious apartment, I would want a annoying shirt. All right, well, you're going to have to pay. So that's just because you gave it a compliment to well, me. Well, yeah. We did gas money, man. We traded. <laughs> we traded for this shirt. In. Huh? We traded for the shirt. It was from when we opened that's up. What it, that's what it was, huh? When we opened yeah, for up the for ticket. Iowa and SoFly. Yeah. I'm like, you get a ticket in. Did you just I want to like drop those names? That I, I, I saw it in your face. No one else did, but I saw it. Dude, what was that like? You mean that time that we opened up for... You want to talk about that? You want to talk about that? Come on, man. Come on. Tell me about that. I have not for a national... Look, I can speak for myself. That's my favorite gig of all time. Where? Like of all time, any project, any time frame, any instrument, any genre, anything that I've ever done to perform, that was my favorite night of all time. Oh, that's a great night. Because even before we got up there, uh, I'm a huge Nile fan. I've listened to both bands since I was, you know, a teenager. Um, but Nile in particular, because like Soulfly's cool. Don't get me wrong, I love them a lot. But Nile, like I'm more into like the whole like I love, I love death metal. I like tech death. And I love like Egyptian culture, so the fact that they me- you know mesh it all together always appealed to me. So uh, this is before your time with the Virgin Mega Store, which is a CD store in Sunset Place. Funny enough, <laughs> insider. Yeah, we were talking about Sunset place, place uh, earlier, but uh, anyway, it was in that mall, okay. and it was a two-story like CD store, record store. They had everything, vinyls, you name it. Um, and I would spend hours there, going from A to Z, happily like. Hours, just ecstatic, looking at all the cover art of different random artists that I've never. We had headphones in the thing, so you could pick an album. Yeah, yeah, listening stations. You'd just be nice. So I was there, and I still remember this. This was 2005, dating myself. 2005, and Annihilation of the Wicked came out, which is uh, a record of Nile, 
it was so new that it was like on an end cap in the store. So I'm walking and I saw it and the cover just screamed out at me. So I'm like, I'm gonna buy this. <laughs> Walk out with this. Yeah, right those now. are that's always yeah. the best. So I did and I don't regret it because it ended up being killer music. Uh, and then I bought other records of theirs and whatnot. But now when this opportunity came up, I told as much as I told Lou, I was like, man, we, if this happens, it's like a dream. I love Nile. Um, they do something very unique, you know, and it, it just speaks to me, yeah. So that being said, before we even get on stage, you know, we do uh, we didn't do a sound check before, but we did like load in. Right. And we're there hanging out and we see I see uh, Carl Sanders, who's the singer and guitarist of Nile, casually walking around, just like, you know, picking his nose and stuff, and I'm like, Carl? <laughs> you know, like as if I know the guy. Right. As if I know the guy, I'm like, Carl. And he, he looks over, he's like, hey man, what's up? And I'm just like, yo, like big fan, dude. Like I, I played in Bournemouth, I'm opening for you guys. Like I, I can't, you know, even believe I'm here. And he's like, thanks for being here. It's just like such a downer of dude. You know, he's not like weird. I asked him politely if I could take a picture. Yes, I'm that guy. Uh, and I asked him, and he's like, I he's like happily, man, who, who's going to take the picture? Like, he looks around. Like, he's just one of those guys that's in it for, like, the passion. He loves the fans. Um, me, as a gear geek, as a self-proclaimed gear geek, I watch, like, rig rundowns on YouTube and stuff. Okay. And, and I've watched his talk about, like, he nerds out, too. You know, I love watching people nerd out on their equipment because I do it. So, and I know Danny from McCronin, if you're listening, we share that. Um, but Carl is just like, you know, I saw his rig run down. I even talked to him about his equipment that I saw him talk about. And I'm like, oh, are you still using scalloped frets? And he's like, dude, look, check it out. He pulls me over to his guitar rack. His guitar rack, Carl Man. Sanders of Nile, which is not like a celebrity, but he, to me, he's a celebrity. To you? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you don't got to downplay it. Yeah. But, he, you know, because I don't want to sound like it's like I meant like fucking. No. You know, dude, but to you, it's an experience. Riches, but he goes and he, he looks over and, and he, goes, he goes, look, check it out. I'm still using scalloped frets. Always scalloped frets. And I don't even know if you know what scalloped frets are. No fucking It's what Malmsteen plays in. Malmsteen okay, plays like on a guitar. You look at the guitar neck from the side and every, uh, it's carved out a little bit. Oh. So it's not like a flat radius. It's it's carved. Like everything's kind of like alkaline. Like it has an So it's, yeah. And it's, it's kind of odd. I've never even played one. Do you know how you nerd out? Right I'm now, doing it right now. now. I'm like, I'm doing it now. <laughs> what are you talking Keep about? Keep going. Dude? All right. <laughs> this is the filler episode. I think we lost about half the audience. Please, yes, scalp frets, please. Scallops. Mm-hmm. I, I, every time I hear scallops, I, I just think of fucking Chef Ramsey. Yeah. Scallops! <laughs> I need a guitar roll. player episode, that's what you need. A guitar player? For what? So I can sit here and watch them talk for an hour? <laughs> that's, oh, that's why he's a guitar player. That's why he's a guitar player. So you can stay away. Yeah, dude. So what's it like playing the guitar? Alright, please, like, this is now the guitar yeah. J.C. Revis, I don't know, dude. The but, friend. No, but that's where that story ends pretty much, it's, you know, Carl... Did you get to geek out with your fucking singer of the band that you like? I mean, because that sounds so fucking dope, dude. Well, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's this short, blonde guy, you know, like, a little stocky, like, like anyone that you see at, like, some, you know, bar that, whatever, but, uh, you know, he's wearing this huge pendant, like, Egyptian pendant around his neck, he's really into, like, that culture and that whole like lifestyle like he practices like oh like Nile. Like, yeah Nile exactly yeah yeah it tells you right there before you even hear a note you know yeah. all the artwork is egyptian themed and whatnot so uh, i feel like we're rambling about Nile a little bit but no you like all i'll say is that he is uh he's a really humble down-to-earth guy and before we ever even got on to play to open for them he was already like welcoming me with open arms saying like yo it's it's cool you guys are doing this you know man that's awesome no, really nice yeah. super nice and then max cavalera that's a name that I'm sure more people will know. I don't. Uh, know. What? I don't. 
Well, singer Soulfly, but more I guess Sepultura. Oh, I know Sepultura. The original singer of Sepultura. Max Cavalera, guitarist and, and vocalist, and his brother Igor played for Sepultura. Whoa. He doesn't play in Soulfly, but... Um, his son played in Soulfly. I was his son playing drums. Right. That yeah, was cool. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So I got to know that, that, that to me, because the way he nerds out with, like, Nile, that's where I nerd out with Soulfly. Like, yeah, me, that's a big deal. It was the 90s for me. Like, oh, it's, it's amazing. That's I got to meet him in the back a couple times. He was like, you, like, before, actually, I was going to go on stage while they were doing soundtrack. I was literally, like, I had my head on the wall. Now, you know, I'm going through my own issues at the moment, you know, just, you know, personal stuff. I just have my head on the wall, and he just passed by, like, you okay? You good? You grabbed me by the shoulders, like, you good? You good? <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, I'm man. good now, yeah. I was like, whatever was going through my mind is. As if he was the best man at his wedding. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. And he went back downstairs, and, and he went to the, the, his... Did uh, you, like, kind of have, like, that heart sink moment for a second? It, yeah, like, I mean, it, 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 it was one of the, I mean, that was, like, the third time I met him that night, but it's just oh, the man. fact that he stopped me from whatever I was going through in my head, all the nerves and all the bullshit yeah. to grab me by the shoulder and be like, you okay, brother? You know, like with this crazy accent. He's Brazilian, right? Brazilian, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, what? I was like, I'm good now. Like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. Snapped out. Like, now I'm ready. Now, like, I, and I completely, I mean, we killed it that show. And then, so that was before your set? Yeah, you right before my set. I was oh, just yeah, like, that's what huh? While they were setting up, I was just in the back just with my head just looking into the roof. I was just. Yeah, but mere minutes after out. that happened, he comes up to me and he goes, yeah, you met Carl, right? I just met Max. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Ah. Okay, well, I'm sure I'll meet him too. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> later, like yeah. minutes, 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 minutes later. Like, Kelsey Theater is a great He walked out, movie. and same thing, you know, I'm just like, man, uh, Max, you know, what's up, dude? And we're in the middle of a podcast, but I gotta take a piss. Uh, it's, gonna happen, uh, it's gonna happen a lot, everyone. That's so, fine. Yeah, yeah, some I broke the that's seal. What, that's what the drinks. That's what the drinks uh, do. But tell me what Honestly, um, I know, I know him more from from Sepultura. What was it like meeting him? I mean, he Max, clearly seems like a nice man. Max, Max is uh kind of the same as Carl was in the sense that he walked by, I acknowledged him. I'm like, Max. You know, just because it's like so yeah. shocking, and at the same time, I'm just like, I have nothing else to say. Not even like, uh, hey, or excuse me. It's just like, Max. Just like say his name. Yeah. And he looks over and I'm like, hey man, how you doing? You know, I'm, I'm playing in Born Monique. It's like you know, trying to hit on a girl. Say, yeah, yeah, exactly. The first time, the hey, freakish kind of way. It's just like, it's like, how do I approach him? <laughs> but uh, and then hey. him, because I'm also a nerd, just like the, the fucking industry with this. I know who like, I know who uh, who doesn't like pictures and who does and stuff. And I watch a lot of interviews and shit. Blabbermouth on that, all that crap. Um, I know Max is kind of infamous for being touchy like he, he won't even sign Sepultura albums because he's not in the band oh he's not in the band anymore no, no Sepultura well Sepultura exists but with a different singer oh uh, and we I'm not gonna say they're not any good they're just not Sepultura so we'll leave it at that no <laughs> sometimes uh especially with a singer I've noticed a lot it takes a lot of work from the band I didn't like Black Sabbath with Dio I don't really like Dio that much well Dio's amazing he's got the He's got great range. No, I'm not saying yeah. he's not a great singer. I well, just like Austin the way music. More. Yeah, yeah. There's always those like take it or leave it, like with Anthrax. I don't know if you're an Anthrax fan, like the John Bush era, Joy Belladonna. Joy Belladonna is like the old school singer. He was the first one, but right. he's more of like that soprano kind of like ah! like he does a lot of more high. Yeah. Kind of, and then John Bush came around during the grunge era in like the '90s, and he's got that rough, rough kind of voice. 
So that's what the one he likes, <laughs> and I like the Joey Anthrax. No, there you go. See, yeah, which Anthrax is around now? I'm not too familiar. The Joey like, one. Joey I know they're part of the big four and stuff, but I'm, I know more Slayer, Metallica, and Megadeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they went back to the original oh, thing. So. Oh, okay. So now we're getting the high pitched guy. Yeah. Interesting. Which is not bad. That was a really good album. He's, he's great. Yeah, he's he's so showing me the most of it now. Really. You guys like Judas Priest? I do. Uh, I I like Priest. I'm not gonna go off and say like. You know, Come on, Rob Halford, that motherfucker has some about Judas Priest, but I like his, uh, the, the side project that he has, Fight. I've never heard of him. Fucking listen to it, and it's, such a, it's such a different style. Like His, his, his vocals get a little different. It, it, it's more, it appeals more to like maybe what we listen to, and you'll, you'll enjoy it. You know, it's like I, I said, I'm sure I've said this so many fucking times already, but usually when I'm by myself, I don't listen to that much metal. But I'm around it so much with the band and with the metal shows and stuff. like. At this point, I think I listen to more local metal than I do fucking like metal acts. Because all my middle school and high school, I went through the fucking listening to metal uh, like all the time. I right. didn't really fuck with anything else. I didn't like rap. I didn't like any of that. Just indie tunnel metal. Fucking yeah, yeah. Slipknot, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, Metallica, Discovering all that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock band came Typical out. Guitar Hero came yeah. out. You know. But then um, now I listen to a lot of indie and, and a lot of hip hop and stuff. And I mean, I focus on the metal like when when I'm when it's metal time. You know. But it's just like I listened to it for so many years already. Right. Now I'm just kind of like, and I'm around it so much with the gigs and the band practices. No. I like to just mellow the fuck out. That's the bulk of what I listen to. Uh, I listen to other stuff too, but metal for sure, like eighty percent. Do you guys have favorite bands, or are you the type that can't? No, man, it's too, it's too hard, man. <laughs> no, I can't pick a band. We have over the years. Got yeah. better you don't have me. favorite bands though. Yeah, we yeah, have of course. What's your yeah. favorite band, Blue? For me, Deftones. The Deftones. Okay. Deftones is the. Most, the perfect band for me. The perfect. Okay, yeah. what about you? Holy shit. Okay, well. Shit, no, not it's controversial. To keep it from being controversial, I will. I will <laughs> add a precursor. <laughs> Can we edit 80s, in the horns? <laughs> 80s Metallica. Okay. Okay. Just say Metallica, dude. I will say Metallica. Say I would Metallica. have said Metallica. You don't have but to you know usually all the 80s Metallica. A whole drawn out story no. about why Metallica is not Metallica or why they Look, man, listen. For how much the last album was listen, so, so. If there is one person you do not need to justify liking Metallica yeah. to, it is me because I like the band that gets the most shit, and my favorite band is Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, yeah. So I have to justify <laughs> every <laughs> single person that I tell that to is like, oh. But some folks, fuck are you, 12th grader? Like, Wait, so that's your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> is that your favorite band? Yeah. I'm actually yeah. number one. There's the reason I started drumming. I'm actually the red man? Are you I'm shitting me? I'm upset that the Deftones were the opener to Event Sevenfold when they went on tour for the, was the King of Something, whatever album that they did. Were they? Yeah. I saw Hail to the King. No. King tour in the, it no. was Hell Yeah. Never mind Orlando. Never mind that. Oh, I didn't see them at all. You know what's crazy? We're talking about Metallica and the best album, but what about last year when it all came down? Of course. Of course. What the fuck kind of question is that? Front row. That was the second time I saw Actually, even he was there. What? Which show? The Metallica show. Yeah, it was there. I, you I can't miss Metallica. I didn't even bother going in until Metallica played. Sorry. I saw them in Why? Why? I seen them in Sevenfold before the drummer now. Before, yeah, I, I saw them early in South Beach, you know, and they, they sounded really good. They came out to the Beetlejuice theme. Mm. Which fucking, I don't know if you remember Beetlejuice. Yeah, kind of young yeah, for that. the movie, yeah. But um, they, they came out to Jesus. <laughs> Every like five minutes, we're going to throw a jab at how young you are. 31, you know, it's a little yeah, different. Well, you guys are on my show, so fuck <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's a little different in the 90s, you know, so. Yeah, no, I remember. Um, Michael Keaton, all right? Yeah, there you go. Went on a ride. That bitch, I remember. One of my first crushes ever. Huh? Really? Oh, absolutely. Lydia? 
From what? what are you from Beetlejuice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, you know the movie, but you, you haven't seen the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you fake. I do, I only know that movie because Buddy's at Universal Studios. Oh, wow. I took a picture with him when I was like 11. Who is this guy, Mo? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! But yeah, seeing Metallica last year with Avenged. I mean, I watched Avenged because I, I had no other choice. I wanted to be up front. No, listen, it goes. It's and not. No it's not. Choice. It's not like oh, I'm gonna go get a. Beer. I I had to sit through the garbage set of Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> by, by no choice of my own, mind you. Because I'm like, fuck. What is the hate with it? You just went on about how you don't like getting shit about Metallica. You're just like, I had to sit through it. <laughs> Yeah. Before I got to the main event, the creme de la creme. Because I yes. sat through a full beat set. Fuck, yeah, I so did I. Oh, because oh, okay. to get to that creme so de la creme, yeah, 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 I had to. I, I'm one of those people. I like to go up to the front. Yeah, I was right in the front. On the rail, really? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're feet from you. The thing is that by the time um, Metallica came up, I was done. Like, oh yeah. But like, I, I was up front for Avenged Sevenfold and shit. But like, the the wait time for them to set down and then Metallica to set right. up, like well, being in the close proximity with people, it was so hot. Dude. It was super hot. I almost, so I felt like I was hot. almost ready to pass. I was going to pass. Halfway through Metallica's set, which is no small feat, because no, there's like three hours. Out, yeah. Halfway through, and I, knew I was that. like, I could really, and the whole show, Avenged, Volbeat, even the beginning of Metallica, you see these water guys kind of like walking around yeah, with yeah, these yeah, trays yeah. of water. Metallica's one I don't care if the water was $5 or $10. I was looking for a guy like just with water. Yeah. Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere. And I'm looking around and I see other people. <sighs> Dreamt like they just came out of a pool, like looking uncomfortable, like not yeah. even having fun anymore. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm right there with you, man. Like I'm still having fun, but I could really use some water. No. Finally, I see good. someone. I see some guy like in the distance, like water, water. JC, I'm not kidding you. I look. I'm looking at this guy like, oh, he walks over here. I see him go. <laughs> he gets like dragged down, bro. Like it was like it was literally like you watch like a prey get taken by a oh, shark. Fuck, like, like, what? <laughs> he disappeared. <laughs> a guy with tra- a tray of like probably ten bottles of water screaming out, "Oh, he needs water!" He just hit the fucking crowd. Like, Terminator Immediately two. taken. And just like Terminator Two. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Dollar bill. And I'm like, no. And I somehow I think I just like I don't know, I don't know how I made it, it, but I, I made it. And no, dude. It was uh, but that was a fucking. Uh, Sweltering. It was July, July seventh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dude, I was um, I mean, oh, yeah, and I got there for Volbeat. You know what I mean? So to me, it was I was there all fucking day, on my feet, and it's by by the time like like during the setup, I was like, fuck, man, Metallica set is gonna be like two, two and, and a half, half hours, hours to three hours. And the like, you'll buy a bottle of water, and 20 minutes later, it's hot. It'll yeah. it'll be hot because of the body temperature. It, it'll just get hot in your hand, yeah. and, and so like you don't even you, you want to save the water, but then it's not even worth saving because by the time you drink it's gonna be hot yeah. as shit. So I was like, I know if I stay here, I'm gonna pass out. It was and, quite literally like the hottest time of the year. Yeah, and yeah, I was with my with my girlfriend at the time, so I was like, if I pass out, like you know, <laughs> this is not good. No, <laughs> <laughs> because I'll miss the band. You know? They're right, yeah, exactly. Not, not because she has to take care of me. No, exactly. <laughs> Fuck that. But um, no, so. Yeah, I, I couldn't, man. I, I got up to the, I left the crowd, and like, as I was leaving the crowd, I like ran into Ears One and like different. Spots. Yes! Yeah. Dude, I'm running through, I'm like fucking, fucking, I ran into them too. The as crowd. I run into Mo. It's like, hey, man. Charles was there. Yeah, Charles was there. Half the time. like, And it's weird because I was standing in one place, like I said. I, I got there, I hauled ass for the gate or the, yeah, the rail. Yeah. And I just stood there. So Volbeat played. And it's amazing how much people showed up between Volbeat and Avenged. Yeah. Because for Volbeat, like, I was on the rail and I'm like, I'm not moving. Oh, yeah. I turned around, yeah. there's like, no one behind me. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, I could move. You know, but I just stayed there, stayed there. And then they finished. 
by the time Avengers is like setting up, I look back, I can't even, there's like all That's a sea of people. Pack. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna stick around. So, but it's just incrementally got hotter and hotter and hotter as it got darker and darker. And because of the people, dude. Yeah. The volume of people, I couldn't handle it. I didn't go up there like that anymore. I used to do it as a kid and everything, but I just can't. Yeah, do I'm it. not gonna do it at Slayer, dude. I don't think I'm gonna be I, 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 I want to. I've never seen Slayer, but I just. I just know I'm gonna be fucking miserable. I've seen Slayer a bunch of times. However, the reason I want to do that is because I've never done that. I've seen Slayer probably four times, always from far, always from far. I even saw them with Japan. I can like it was like 2010 and Bayfront Park. I'll never forget that. It was a big three concert because Metallica wasn't there, but it was Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. Holy shit! I showed up. Slayer's like getting on. I'm like cool, but I got there like as or not Slayer, Anthrax was like getting on. And I got there and it was too late to get super close. So I just watched, you know, so I was cool. Jeff Hanneman was there and it was, it was still awesome. But I've never been in like a true Slayer, like general admission pit. You know, it's always been from like the lawn or something. So I even saw them, we, we saw them with opening for Motorhead or no, the real uh, I mean, my daughter was about to be born. Oh, that, well, yeah, I guess you, yeah, you did the right thing. I'm gonna do that or have her in Tampa. Like, <laughs> once, once fucking Lemmy comes down, I start playing. I know my daughter was gonna come out. There was only a there was, there was <laughs> the ground only shaking. a month left in the pregnancy, so I didn't want to risk it. Of course. And I was like, man, I was like, we don't know anybody in Tampa. I should have, and like in retrospect, maybe I should have done it. Yeah. Because I, I never got to see. He died. He died very shortly. And yeah. even when he came down, I heard it was pretty sad watching how he had to leave the stage and come back and leave the stage and come back. So it's, I mean, I wish I would have seen him that show. By the end, because uh, you see videos on YouTube and stuff. Motorhead sets were like 20 minutes long. Yeah. It was super sad. Really? It was so sad because Lemmy, you know, I don't know how much you know about that, but... I mean, I like Motorhead, but I don't know too much about... Lemmy, Lemmy is Lemmy, you know, needs no yeah, introduction. Yeah, a lot of drinking. But yeah, he was basically, well, that's what's almost ironic. The guy was like a Jack of Coke, you know, all day, every day kind of mm-hmm. guy. Um, and way back when, like years and years and years ago, he was into other stuff too. But lately, he was just a, a cigarette smoker and a Jack and Coke drinker. That was his vice, right? Um, but like a couple years before his death, he quit. And he's not the first, you know, known person that like they kind of go sober and then die shortly after. So in a way, you know, keep jo- jokes or not jokes aside, it's, it's like almost like keeps you going. And then as soon as you stop, you croak. Um, Maybe it's been, yeah, your body's so fucking used, used to it at that it. point. Right. Like the withdrawal is so strong if you just kick it. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, man. Yeah, at that age, age too. He was in his 70s, wasn't he? He was. I think he was 70. Wasn't he? Or yeah. 71. He, passed, yeah. Yeah. he was either 70 or 71. And it was, like I was saying about the 20-minute set, it was sad because, like like I said, I, I watched all the last one, right? Or no? no, not the last one. Not even the one with No. I... That was another year, though. That was no, no. Anthrax and Motorhead were together that year. That didn't get to go again. But um, I still think that was like a year before. Like I, it wasn't right at the end. I never saw Lemmy when he was frail. I'm happy to say that even the last time I saw Lemmy, he was still he looked like himself. Yeah. But I've seen pictures and videos of him like in the last year of his life. He, he's you know he doesn't look like he should be up on stage. And that's crazy because you see Paul McCartney. He looks like fucking. He still looks great. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's the difference because 
he's, you know, it goes to show that the body too, it's all genetics and shit, because you got somebody like Keith Richards who looks like a living scarecrow. It's like death. He's on, he's, he's being followed by strings, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> My boy was like, yeah. yeah. You know. D-E-T-H. But he's there. He's still around. Same thing with Jagger, dude. Yeah. But if you listen to Jagger, that motherfucker is on a special diet, does yoga every day, works out. Yeah. Like, and that motherfucker goes ham. You know what I mean? So I think, I guess the point where I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they don't do drugs and shit. Maybe smoke cigarettes and stuff right. like that. But now, I think now he takes know. care of his body at this point. They have to. They have no other choice. Yeah, going on tour like that, bro. They did that show in Cuba, like right after the embargo thing happened yeah. or whatever. Right. That was nuts, man. Rolling. When are they fuck? When are they gonna quit? Did they make it so much money? I think they're making another album. Don't they have the? They record? They're making another album. <laughs> Don't they what? have a record for the longest yeah. going band? Haven't they run out of ideas? Never. Aerosmith. It was them and the Beatles at one point. So no, the, the Beatles haven't been around since. But the fact that they're still going, same original members. Nobody's dead. Nobody's gone. That's that's crazy. That's insane. Fuck. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, like going back to like who inspired me eventually. I mean, the Rev, he died when I was like 13, uh, and I started drumming when I was like 11 or 12, so I that was so like, old. sucked, man. What do you mean? Just, well, no, because yeah, like, that was like, when he died, I'm like oh, I was shit. 13, I was already fucking, dropping uh, <laughs> yeah. out of college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't, wasn't that in 2010, if I'm not mistaken? 20, it was 2009, it was December 2008. I dropped out of university. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, because I know that a bunch of people died in 2010 around the same time, like Peter Steele, who I love. Yeah. From, from R.I.P. No, uh, Taiko Ming. Oh, oh. Peter Steele died uh, April was, of 2010. Dude, and then. From that. His name's Pete, too. Paul Gray. Oh, Paul Gray. Paul Gray died, and then Dio died. Dio All died three of those guys year? died in the same month. Yeah, that's right. Oh, the same That was like April to May of 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Fuck, man. Um, and yeah, they're all, I mean, also, I'm not a big Slipknot fan, but the yeah, other two. Fucking high school. The you don't like Slipknot? Yeah. You don't like Slipknot? I. Come on, man. Man, this. Okay, so lately, and by lately I mean like the, the, the last the, few the, months. Before he says anything else, this is this has been my problem. I've been in a band with this man since. Let me get a beer wagon. Everyone's a fucking elitist, bro. Slipknot. Alright, go, Lucy. What are you going <laughs> like sound like a right. Dude, Slipknot's good. Since, nah, I mean, since 2011, we've been in a band together, right? We had a, a project called One Mind, and we have this project. Shout out to One Mind. I'm saying it. No, he hates it. That's why I do it. So. The hardest thing is, is, is the bands he likes. Shout out to Renee's band, One Mind. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what band that Renee was involved with. All right, go on. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, he has such a different style of what he likes, you know, like. I like, you know, like Jackson, Pantera, Lamb of God, all that. Not saying that he doesn't like it, but you, like, if you talk to Renee, it's like, this is your escape plan with Sugar, Gojira. Uh, like, between the Barrier and between, Oh, motherfucking Between the Barrier and Yeah, <laughs> but like, he likes all the bands that it's it's hard to kind of understand. Understand, and he doesn't really <laughs> give me it. A, lot, a lot of like openings. So like, if I want, I, mean, I love Slipknot to death. I love like Mudvayne. Great fucking man. But he wants to be more technical and he wants this and all that. No, it's not even that. But, but, well, when it comes to writing, I love it because he pushes the whole entire band. Right. Because of liking the stuff that he likes, it's a different writing process than, than what it would be to work with anybody else. Nice segue. You know? <laughs> um, nice so segue. I, I've always fell in love with that and I always said that I don't think I'll be in a band without him. This is something I'm going to do that's pretty simple. But working with him actually made all of us in the band, whether it was this band or the last band, work harder at our craft, you know, become better vocalists or become a better bassist or, you know, drumming the same thing, you know, 
to get a, a guy like, I'm gonna throw him out there, like Kevin Gallagher, who's played in a million different types of styles of bands, but when we're writing, he gets put on the spot and he's like, shit. Because like, I do a lot like, of, I'm, I'm like, annoying to be like, a band. He has to double think what he's doing because Which is good. the things that he does on, on you know. I'm annoying to be in a band because I have a lot of quirks and like intricacies in my writing. I, he's picky and shit. The people that pay attention, especially guitarists, would notice that like I hardly play the same thing twice. Um, some of our music is obvious in that sense and some of it might sound semi-repetitive, but even the stuff that sounds semi-repetitive is really not. Um, and part of it might be, I don't know, OCD or ADD or whatever, and, and part of it would just be what I listen to. But yeah, uh, he's right. <laughs> I'm not the, you know, the, the most four four on the floor kind of guy. Yeah. It's usually more no way. And if, and if we do write something that's simple, probably the following week will come in and fucking just. Yeah. Hey guys, now the second verse has an extended tail on the second measure. You know. Yeah, like, oh, we're all like, oh, there we go. And I'm like, no, it's a good thing. You're like, no, but fuck then, you. But once, <laughs> we all, but once we all have our parts, then we're like, okay, this all makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. That's why our music stands out as as it does. That's why I like your noyo. Like. When he goes, he told me, he was the one that got me into you guys. Yeah. There was one time he saw you guys at the gate, and I was starting Not to even. Be, I think Brutality of last year. Really? But to tell you the truth, if, wow, if that wasn't that the was, first show, that might have been the second. So like, that was Brutality such yet. a garbage set for us, dude. Really? Like, our, we were missing a guitar player. He, was, um, he had to work, like, night shifts or something, so he couldn't come out that night. Was it David? or? Yeah, David. Yeah. David was missing. Uh, and then at that point, I don't know if you remember, we were playing on one of the outside stages. That the mm-hmm. I remember exactly where you guys played. I watched you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was like that slanted Ooh. thing. So my drums were kind of off, and yeah, it was just we were missing a big part of yeah, yeah. We were missing a big part of our sound, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. That was a, that's just such a funny that it's like it's so funny because we thought that was such a shit set, and that's like mm-hmm. a set that's like a set that made you think that we were good. Or well, something. I wouldn't even say that that's like what made me think you were good because I. I almost want to say, and I could be wrong, it's already over a year ago, but I, I think I had seen you before, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, let's watch these guys because they're about to play. And you guys played semi-early. I think it was still daylight outside, right? I don't know. Maybe we were saying like up. dusk or something. Yeah, yeah around there. The point is, it's like I was, it was semi-early for the show anyway. Right. And I was like, no, but I want to see them, and I want to see them. So even if I had seen you or not, like I, I guess I had seen you, but I wanted to see you guys perform. And I did, and even as neutered as you say you were, um, it was still cool, and then I kept talking to Lou about it for the next few months because I would still see you guys at other shows at, you know, the Gate or at Churchill's or something. And something about you guys that just stood out, like, you guys all sound very cohesive, and you sound like like every single person in that band, in your band, uh, knows what they're doing, you know. And if like somebody were to fall off, like it's not long before you you jump back on. You know, just a super professional sound setup. Uh, you guys obviously know your gear. I, I mentioned that to him at the last show at Winwood at. Uh, we said, oh, we Renee, said Renee's said window, yeah. Yeah. Both of us are standing or uh, sitting there, and I go over to Charles, and, and I point at, like, like, I just start pointing at like your iPads and stuff, and I'm like, "This is a band like they're not amateur, you know? They might be young, but they know what the fuck to do, mm-hmm. and they're doing it, and they're just gonna get better." Yeah, so, and that's very big thanks to Brian and, and Alex, our two brothers. I mean, yeah. Alex composes pretty like the EP he composed basically all of it way before. I joined up way before Vince joined up, like okay. years ago. Like when he was in high school, he composed the EP, and so basically he just gave it to me and let me do my thing on it and let David do his solos and stuff like that. And everyone had like a little influence on it, but Alex is like the main composer of the band, lyrics-wise as well. And yeah. Brian is the gearhead. He, I mean, you know, low key. Yeah, no, this in particular his stuff. At the last, at the last, you know, that was the first time we actually tried to bring our own sound setup. I, 
fuck, man, for me to sit here and tell you exactly what the fuck it is that they were doing, I'd be lying. But it's like like our own interface or something like that. Uh, it was it's supposed to make shit a lot simpler, but I guess the first time we ran it. I've seen that. It's more complicated. Yeah. I just don't understand it, but I've seen a lot of big bands right now that that are doing that. Are doing it, yeah. I think it's it's a lot to do with the mics. We like to do harmonies and stuff, yeah. so we want to make sure that the mic levels are straight and the keys too. The keys play the synths yeah. and everything play a very big part in our sound. So we've had a lot of gigs where we'll let the sound guy just do his thing, and the keys will overpower a lot of shit, and there's no way for us to to tell. You know, what I, I mean? have I have very little experience with keys as far as like playing locally or, or whatnot live. Right. So yeah, I have no idea how that gets transferred. You know, like how do you guys... I think a MIDI that? or something like that. Uh, yeah. Because it goes through uh, Vince's laptop to get like all the sounds and stuff, like the sound sets. And then it goes for to the certain sounds or presets. Uh -huh. And then they run... I mean, now, I don't know how the fuck we do it. We plug it into our own interface. So it's, we have an 18 channel. Okay. And so they run that to just basically, uh, I don't know, fuck. Well, I'll, I'll let you and Brian come on an episode right. and fucking go off. I'm sure Brian, if Brian's listening to this, he's probably banging his head on the steering wheel or whatever. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um, but no, and so that I think is definitely gonna elevate our sound and with the whole lights and everything. Malik actually does our lights live. No, with the fucking wasn't his premiere? It's like playing an instrument. Yeah, Your that was the other day. Yeah, yeah, dude, it was good. I mean, it's literally like playing an instrument. He's there. And he has to do timings and stuff. And That's you know? why I brought like eight stickers. It's one for every member. <laughs> I don't know if we have that many. We're not Slipknot, bro. Relax. But yeah. there's a lot going on on the Annoia stage, though. You gotta admit, yeah, there's a lot going on. I love that. Yeah, it's it's not a knock in any sense. It's I literally just you guys look like a setup. You know, like it's a performance. It's a it's a show. I would I would and now I would like to more. I want to see you guys in Kelsey Theater. I would that love beautiful to play stage that place, and your your setup. In Kelsey Theater, right? Like that that's beautiful. That's Between the PA and then the fucking yeah, lights and shit. It's, it's like, just an amazing yeah. place to play, man. It really is. One of my favorites right now. Fuck. I think you were the only not to put you on the spot, but I think you were the only one that didn't go to the Nile Soul Play. Everyone else was there. <laughs> from your band. Yep, and I'll tell you why. I'm only hey, real quick, I'm only saying that because like the guys that showed up they were like like man, you guys sounded like great. Like as not just like playing, I'm saying like sonically, you guys sounded really really you know up to par and I'm just like well yeah I think uh, it's it's their you know their reasoning is the fucking sound guys there it's it's the, the PA setup that they have the equipment everything there that they people running it know what they're doing so yeah uh, I heard that a lot Joe from Macronium said the same thing like you guys just sounded like totally sonically whatever you want to say like just like better than ever I think we've been doing that almost every show after we started recording we got so used to we all got, I don't know, it's like this connection now after spending so much time in the studio and then having the tracks to ourselves. I think we also have this this different sound now. We're, we're, more, yeah. we're, more, we're more honed in. Right, like right now I was giving props, to, I was I giving props to the sound system with Kelsey, but what you're saying is, yeah, after this record... It's not just the sound saying, system, it's also... It's we us, yeah, a lot yeah. of work into this shit. And it's all of us, you know, Mike Rogers, uh, fucking amazing bassist, love him to death. Yeah. Love, Mike, we fucking love you. Right now you're in Jamaica. Enjoy it, my friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike Rogers is a fucking godsend. You know, mm -hmm. he's uh, we love him to death. He's the greatest thing that happened to Born Beneath since its inception. So um, that being said, what was I saying about Mike? Um, yeah, his his bass tone and whatnot. You know, like since joining, as long as he's been playing bass, you could be anyone. Getty Lee, fucking uh, Geezer Butler, join a band. You're gonna have to revamp your tone. Right. You know, your settings on on all your amps and even guitars and whatnot, string gauges, blah blah. So Mike came and you know he's been honing that. So like what Lou's saying, 
now that we've got this record pretty much 95 to 99 percent done, it's just waiting to be one last session. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this yeah. record. Do we have a name for it that we can say? We do. Here? Yes. Okay. What's the name of, the, of this Born Beneath you, record right here? You heard it here first. Is it? Okay, pop, 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 pop. The only people that know it, I think, are close friends or whatever. Yeah. Unless Lou's been posting uh, on Facebook, I didn't know this is this, <laughs> is this going to be a full length LP or eight is it going to be an EP? It's an LP. Uh, it's only eight tracks, however, it's it's about 38 and a half minutes. That's a solid record to me, man. Cut the fat off that bitch. Yeah. Exactly. You know I mean? Right, right, right. We don't have, and we don't have many, uh, I don't think we have any short songs. We have one short song we let. The first song we ever wrote is only two and a half minutes long. Right. Um, but besides that one, they're all five minutes, maybe four. The other shortest one is like four and a half. You said 38 but minutes, right? 38 and a half That's solid, minutes. dude. That's yeah, solid. It's a solid LP. I think. Going forward, we're going to probably release EPs. Yeah. Instead of doing an eight track of like a fat, you know, 38 minute LP, or maybe that would be a, a skinny LP, but uh, we're going to make a fat EP. You know, like a 30 minute, like five track EP. Our, our, yeah, our EPs, I think five track, like 24 minutes, something like that. Yeah. But what's the name? All right, let's fucking come the name. on. Man. All right, appropriately so. Uh, the name of the record, our debut record, is going to be Tremors. Tremors, okay. Yeah. So is this uh, LP, who wrote the lyrics? Is this something that the band did, or is this something? I write all the lyrics. Okay. And That's Lucifer. usually the case. We, we all write our own, our own position in the band. Like we, all, we all write our own thing. So I wanted to ask, does the title of the LP have anything to do with maybe like the concept of the album or some some that? We just feel like every track has um, its own voice and it's, it's kind of like its own impact. So, you know, just like a tremor in as well, you know, the way the way it impacts uh, a city or it impacts a country, or that, that's how we feel about our lyrics. Um, my lyrics have become more of uh, I don't even curse on this record, by the way. Interesting. I don't do any don't. curse. No, I don't curse on this record. Not, not like I would be able to tell if you did. No, but it, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's one of those. It's one of those things. I just wanted to tell the story of this time and age, and it's more about conversations that I have with people instead of like using the whole like you, me, us, like that whole concept of like my life and your life and what you did to me. Like I don't write that. I write more of a what people feel in in the sense of like hurt and like poverty or losing someone or somebody who's dealing with depression that you know what just wants somebody that wants to watch the world burn you know like that's the things I write about and those are the tremors that I feel like are in life that people are not paying attention to um, I'm, I'm a very big activist on um, anti-suicide you know and emotional distress and all that and from where I come from and what's around me, that I write about just real shit, just real moments in right. life, you know, like, when they, I don't know, you know, some people wake up in the morning and they just, they hate everyone and everything, mm-hmm. it could be your own daughter, it could be your own kid, it could be your wife, it could be your best friend, it could be your band, it could be your mother, it could be yourself, and I kind of wrote around that, you know, just the real human emotion, and I feel like Tremors is, uh, it fits. But it's a funny story how we got the name, by the way. But wait, real quick, let me just add that as deep as all that was and, and amazing and thoughtful and thought-provoking as that was, it's also just a play on words. You know, it's our debut album. Uh, Tremors, as everyone probably knows quite literally, is... We were asking about the lyrics, that's why I said. Right. right. Lyrically-wise, which is where it was coming from. Right. When I sit down and I, and I write, you know, it's always me, you, pack of cigarettes, 12-pack, headphones, Four in the morning. Four in the morning. Five in the morning. And then like six in the morning, I'll be like texting the band on my board, 
I just I had the greatest idea. So but I'll never say what it is. I'm just I'm just drunk. <laughs> when you say headphones, are you listening to instrumentals or are you listening to other bands for inspiration? I listen to other bands for inspiration, like Diamond God and Devil Driver and a lot of that songs, obviously. But I also listen to like the Pixies and you know like a lot of '90s music. I'll listen to Everclear. I'll listen to anything. And then when I want to get into my own mode, I'll, I'll I don't know if uh, the guy who made some of the songs for the Matrix movies. I don't know his name. Rob Dugan. Okay. So he has he has an album where he it's the full album with vocals and then he has an album with uh, just instrumentals and I get into that and I grab the instrumental album and I just sit there and I just write 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 melodies write choruses and that's kind of how I started years ago so I'll grab like um, instrumental albums yeah and I'll write lyrics around them and that becomes kind of like my ideas for choruses interesting. Versus, so uh, versus, you take other uh, instrumental albums, like yeah, just to get a, just to get ideas for courses, yeah. and then I keep them in like a file in my head, because I don't I don't ever write a song until the song's done. Okay. Like me and, and Renee could get together, and you'll have a bunch of riffs together, and then we'll put the riffs where they go, and this and that, but we'll never know what a me- which one's going to be the melody, which is going to be the riff. We just put the song together. And the verse becomes the chorus, and the chorus becomes yeah. The and then once it's all done, I go in and I, I what's more comfortable for me. Then when I'm finished, and I go to Renee, what do you think about this? Most of the time, Renee will be like, oh, that's us. Yeah, no, 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 no. He goes, try this, try that, try this, try that. He's a great producer when it comes to... Maybe like composer? Composer. He's a great composer when it comes yeah. to... I trust him with everything, you know? Thanks. Um, I like to say, he's my West Borden. No, I don't see And that. I'm his <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Petrol Staley. He, he, uh, he hates that just because it is what it is, but... At the same it's time, it's not what it's not. I don't like that Limp Bizkit either. No, I love Limp Bizkit. I don't give a shit. Your singer likes Limp Bizkit, which we were right. talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I give him shit about it all the time. Alex Limp Bizkit all the way. I'll be the next show. Nah, dude. Um, nah, bro. Alex, I'm sorry, bro. You know what, dude? I like my couple of romance. You know, oh, we are, what? I take that. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're like a Bench Sevenfold. Isn't you sitting next to me? Come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had to sit through a whole Bench Sevenfold set. Ruin yeah. my fucking month. Ruin July. We don't have that band that takes. Guilty pleasure and I mean. Best of all, not a guilty pleasure. They're a good band. Fuck you. I don't care. But not you. I just mean, I'm talking to the crowd. He likes. Yo, we got we. Dude, right, I'm not gonna answer for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, Malik. Please. Wait, what's up? What's your opinion on Ben Sutton? I dig. Be honest. I dig him. Alright. I dig him. He digs it. He can dig- can, we, dig, he means can we do this? We talked about now for a second. I will argue with everyone who comes on this show about Ben Sutton. It's gotta be like the only question. If you have a piece of paper in front of you with one question, why do you not like him? Yeah, that. Okay. Alright, you know what, dude? You know what, dude? Why? 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 Because I'll tell you why Ralph doesn't like him. He doesn't like him because of the vocals. I don't like his vocals either. What is wrong with the vocals? I don't know. They're just they're cheap. They're Axl Rose inspired. They're cheap. That's pretty much it. What do you mean by cheap? How are vocals cheap? <laughs> <laughs> How do they cost money? Okay, you know, like, you know when you grab a mic from like Radio Shack, sure. and then you try to use it at Churchill's, and it does a feedback. Uh-huh. That's a bad set of vocals. Okay, so you. Only like a okay. or something like. Okay, I got it. So you guys don't like Guns N' Roses either, huh? I love, I love Guns N' Roses. So what the fuck is what the fuck is? Because there's only one. Have you heard so Don't old. Cry? Have you heard Don't Have you heard the ending of Don't Cry? Yeah. Okay, so can you please tell me what the fuck that is? I don't know. Is? I, there's no appeal to it. I don't. I don't have an appeal. 
Yeah, come on, dude. It's just Axl Rose inspired, but no one, everyone loves Giannaro. And Avengers Simple Music's way more complicated. Well, M. Shadows doesn't do the snake dance, does he? No, he does not. Well, then that's why he's inferior. Fuck, man. But they both wear plaid. If I get really high, I'll just do like Seize the Day or something like that. Man, oh, that's just because somebody I, passed away. I had that. I had that. Okay, I get that emotion. Whether no, I was drunk, no. the tire sober. Come on, dude. Have you have you heard any any like any of the early stuff, like their metalcore stuff? Yeah, that's why I remember them. That's a different singer, though, isn't it? No, no. they got the bluest throat out, right? City of Evil. He came. They decided like that. They, according to the fucking, they, they say that they decided after their first record that they wanted to do a half singing, half screaming record, and then they wanted to go to all singing. So they say, oh, he blew his voice up, but he kind of decided that he wanted to stray away from the singing thing. That it was probably been, more of like a, it was a mark. Uh, sure, yeah. a lot of people say that, but I think it was just a marketing decision. I think he was drinking a lot of Because what the bigger ranch after they did the after they, <laughs> they did they did the first yeah, record with uh, <laughs> We're drinking some Dick's and ranch. ranch right now. Dicks and ranch. <laughs> Yo, I'll, I'll take a beer sponsorship even if it tastes like Dicks and Ranch. Oh, you like Corona though. That's that's Corona nice that came out of your mouth like that. No, 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 no. What the fuck? Dude, I where love, are you from? I love Corona. I'm born and raised in Miami, but I'm half Cuban. And you don't yeah. like a fucking Corona? He's wrong. No, because I'd rather drink beer, not water. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. What is wrong with it, bro? I don't know. What are you drinking right well, now, dude? I heard IPAs I love are corona. like. You love Corona? I love Corona. 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 You drink IPAs, drink, dude. No, but I drink all. I drink various beers. This is like beer for gay dudes. You guys want to no, you you <laughs> jump on me about beer? I like Heineken. He yeah. said he liked Heineken. Yeah. Give him a thumbs down. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, no, no. He said Heineken just like he said. Never give him a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> so Heineken, I love. Don't put thumbs in my mouth. Uh, yeah. Put <laughs> <laughs> something to live my life and tell me what beer to drink. No, but look, look. That Ben Simple's not bad. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. It's just. It happens, bro. Look, I, you, you know what? My I, favorite I feel band, like, people hate on it too. Why? What? what Talk that that song? That the Tom Paul thing was a dying cat. Well, cause live it's 50-50. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're not always nice. the best live at times, but you know, it's a band that gets ridiculed a lot. But I don't give a fuck. I don't know. I think. Uh, oh, more power to you. You like a bit simple? That's the drum. You can't tell me the Rev's not a sick drummer, dude. I mean, but for it to be your favorite band, that's crazy. But why? I give you that. I'm just saying. He I, was a sick drummer. I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Thanks for well, having like, I don't get it. No, no, this is fine. I, I, yeah. love this I love this kind of humor. But, like, it's just, you know, man, they're easy to hate just because they're very, like, it's... it's well, they're, you know what, yeah. There's yeah. that small, minute sliver of me that just hates them because it's, like, they're so big for what they are. But, like, what do you mean for what they are? Like, What are they? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, don't, I don't The get appeal it. of Event Sevenfold is, uh, like, look, I... I you're telling as, me as a guitarist, sin, I can tell you you're telling me great. Sin and Zach are shit guitarists? Look, I would, I would be lying if I told you right now that I didn't absolutely love Backcountry. When Backcountry Everyone says out, the same shit, okay, great, I love great Back solo, but that's not the only song they have. How I do you know. feel about their guitar? They're talented. They're, they're, what is, they're talented, he's classically trained. His father's a famous yeah. fucking guitarist. Well, you could be super yeah. fucking talented and be in a band and that band sucks, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know, man. That happens I actually. Don't, I don't... I don't think like a band reaches eventually with a level of success and, and they're they suck, dude. Like how many people tell you Metallica sucks? Countless, more than Countless. Than and does Metallica suck? No. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Touche. 
You know what I mean, dude? Oh, Metallica's watched. I, I, but I How? How? <laughs> literally, Metallica's. Metallica inspired Avenged Sevenfold Sound, along with Pantera, yeah. along with many great bands. That Metallica, yeah, but the nineties came around. Metallica cut their hair. You know, started releasing hard rock. And but stuff the, the thing is that Metallica is easy to hit on again because they're the most successful band of their time. Right. But to me, to have a successful metal band should be a good thing. It right? Is, it is. Because it's and in the mainstream is culture. And all the way to the bank while well, we hear debating about whether they're good To me, I don't give a fuck. No, <laughs> no, not a debate. They are good. Uh, <laughs> but look, look, guys. You cannot debate okay. that the musicianship... <laughs> for, to deny musicianship is, is simply... No, yeah, right. right. Especially with the rep. No, I... Trust like, me, man. I, I don't know. know. Hail to the King was garbage. I'll give you that. Hail to the King was not good. Are you telling me they didn't rip off Sabbath True? Speaking of Italian. What do you mean? Oh, 100% they did. Yeah. <laughs> Hail to the King is, is a black album cover. And I think there's a GNR song in there, too. That, look, that, that was a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> the rep, it's the first album after the rep died. All the bands that we're me, talking let, about. Let me mention me one thing to you, sir. Uh, Lulu. Why don't you tell me about Lulu? Let's talk about Lulu, Lulu right there. Lulu yeah. is a Lou Reed record. No, no, it's a Metallica record. That is not a Metallica record. Featuring Metallica. You can start it on their own website. It says Lou Reed and Metallica. I've actually never heard him talk about it. It's been like it's an experimental garbage. garbage. Big conversations and everybody yeah. can talk about. No, Lulu is not a Metallica record. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Saint Anger is. Look it up. Look it up. Okay. Look it up. Please look it up. Look it Saint up. Anger is garbage too, but yes, it is. What happened I there? I agree, one hundred percent. What happened there? They down to him. They lost. Did you think you watch that fucking the documentary? Of course, I opened it. Oh yeah. man, what is it? Uh, Becoming a monster, something like that. What is Some it? kind of monster. Some kind of monster. That man, that gave me such an insight. My favorite part of that was when Dave was saying finally. Uh, he got yeah. Oh man. No, I didn't. They were like in the room together, right? Yeah. I think the original original idea was like get him and James together, but it ended up being Lars and Dave instead. And, and Lars is just there like with a toothpick in his mouth, all casually just yeah. sprawled on the couch, like so. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And, and so Dave, he's such a douche. Yeah. And Dave's just like starts like almost on the verge of crying, like it's just because you guys, you know. I did what you did, and then yeah. some kind of monster. Metallica. We just came back from his third bathroom break, by the way. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. listening, I'm pregnant. <laughs> no, but okay. so what happened? Dude, refresh. I haven't seen that shit. In yeah, and that sounds. Oh, so well, it's like an hour and a half documentary. Yeah, but that one particular part was. Yeah. Uh, Dave Mustaine somehow agreed because this was also in like 2003 or four. Right. So back then, now there's smoothed things out since the big four shows and whatnot, but. Back then, Mustaine was like super snarky about Metallica. Yeah. Like he would just constantly talk shit and still kind of does. But yeah, that, then it was like blatant. Dude. Yeah, back then it was blatant, like obviously just saying all kinds of travesties. But somehow he was, uh, he agreed to come on to be filmed in this documentary yeah, yeah. on Metallica. And it's like a, that whole segment's interesting to watch because, like, as somebody that's a fan of both bands, uh, you know, seeing Mustaine finally come clean with like, how he feels about it all, even though it was obvious since the beginning. You know, he got kicked out of what became the biggest band in the world. Yeah. You know, and then he's still, that's what's insane about that story. And this is, you know, fucking. But the that, same to thing me, that says a, a lot about Damon Stane. But yeah, Damon Stane made a super successful multi platinum, uh, I believe Grammy winning, not even nominated. I think they won, yeah, they just won their first Grammy. Um, like, this superstar mega band. Of a metal band, and he's still not happy. Real quick, he's not quick. happy. He's not happy because he's but, always bitter. He's always bitter about Metallica. About He'd rather be in Metallica as lead guitarist than have Megadeth exist. Wow. I mean, we won't yeah. mention we won't mention this person's name, somebody we know. But didn't we have a friend that his mom was getting banged by Dave Mustaine? 
every time you came down to Florida. <laughs> Listen, I know what you're talking about. And that friend, I wouldn't believe anything that came out of his mouth. No, or his mother's mouth, because I didn't mean that. Uh, uh, or mouth, that's what you just said? No, or Jesus. her mouth. Yo, it, her whore mouth. I better not get this <laughs> shot. No, her whore mouth. No, no. Yeah, her whore mouth. Uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, I knew you said it. I, I yeah, heard you. No, but no, back uh, to Dave. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I keep talking about his hormone. Back to Dave Cumstain. Uh, he's gonna kill us. Cumstain, yeah. Yeah, I, I just always thought he might already Cumstain. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it seems like. I mean, it, well, what I was gonna say originally was that he had a big part to play and killed them all. Basically, wrote the yeah. whole fucking record before they kicked him out. And that was like a lot of the reason that they got on. I mean, their live performances was really what yeah. Metallica was like they, was going for. But there's that little like group of people uh, who I can't really fault because I think a lot of it's misled information. But there's that group of people that believes if it wasn't for Mustaine, like nothing today would exist. You know, like he was like the pure godfather and creator of like thrash metal. He was a pioneer and he was super important, like vital. You know. But he wasn't like the be all end all. He's you know, as far as Metallica goes, he wrote not even half of Kill 'Em All. He wrote like three or four songs, and none of his songs were actually even uh, the more strong songs besides maybe the Four Horsemen. My hit the lights. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't write that. No. No, no. He did Jump in the Fire. Uh, he did Four Horsemen. He did Metal Militia and Phantom Lord. Metal Militia. Oh, those are all good songs. But think about it. Us as like metal musicians, we can be like, yeah, Metal Militia. <laughs> And it's fucking cool, <coughs> but as far as like a, a, a any regular kind of music fan or listener, you know, you're gonna attach yourself to like maybe the opener, hit the lights, or Four Horsemen, uh, Whiplash, you know, like Whiplash. Oh, oh man, yeah, that was the first song I heard off of Kill 'Em All. I was like, yep, large, a, what that's how large, dude. There was a thing way back in the day which you might remember, Mandatory Metallica. It was on Zeta, ninety four nine Zeta. Okay. Again, this is fucking what a decade or more ago. I don't even want to think about it, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's this thing called mandatory Metallica work for like one six. Seven six was yeah, the last time that. Yeah, it went on for a while, but it ended up like yeah, like, around, around there, over ten years ago. Oh, and it was just like an hour. What year was it? It was two thousand six. Just elementary. God, You're starting to get into that stuff. Fifth grade. I'm gonna smoke out of a bong and shit. In the middle of the night. I didn't even know what a bong was. Mandatory Metallica was cool. It was just literally what it sounds like. It's just an hour block of Metallica songs. The whole yeah. hour of Metallica. When I heard Whiplash come on, because I was like, this was in the, the introduction of Metallica to me, so I was still kind of like getting into them, listening to the essentials. Whiplash is not necessarily an essential, it's like a deep cut from the first album. But when it came on Mandatory Metallica, it's on the radio, FM radio again, it's like in a different time. But it comes on, and the middle of the song hits, and then the fucking solos start. As a guitarist that was also learning at the time, I'm like, Wide eye, jaw on the floor, you know. Not that those solos are like fucking anything. No, are you shouldn't be first time hearing something like that. Yeah, but back then, especially, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I, I need more of it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Definitely. And I found out about Megadeth. And Megadeth. I mean, you know, they're they're a phenomenal band in their own right, but I'm just glad that both exist. Yeah, me too. But I'm glad both exist. And the people that say that Mustaine was Metallica, they're wrong. And the people that say that. Dave's an asshole, I mean, they're right, but, he is an you know, at the same time, they're also wrong, because now we have two bands to enjoy, you know? I don't think that doesn't make him an asshole. Right. Well, yeah, you know, and with Moms, he's a great guitar player. He's, he's a shit. Yeah. yeah, I know people that personally. Uh, he came, yeah. apparently he goes to the Guitar Center in Hollandale, like, a lot. Does he? Yeah. Like that, or he used he, to. He lives around here. That's what yeah. I heard. I had a friend, I'm going to, 
there's no way in hell he's listening, but I had, I had a friend who... Don't fuck you. I share this podcast with him, then he'll listen. I will. <laughs> I will. No, like, Matt, this is for you. Yeah, my shout friend, out to Matt. My friend Matt from high school, way back, uh, me and him, we kept hanging out after high school and whatnot. Him and his dad opened up this thing called Dr. Vinyl, which is now defunct. Okay. But it was a leather repair kind of shop for, you know, furniture and for cars. Is Vinyl Doctor or Dr. Vinyl? Dr. Vinyl. Um, and it, it speci- specializes in like, you know, furniture. <laughs> no, I deal with, because I, I deal with a, a place called doc, uh, Vinyl Doctor. Right? No, that sounds like That's an 80s DJ. Oh, no, Dr. Dr. Vinyl. Vinyl. Alright, we're trying to sit in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm no longer hungover. Well, you're only on your 14th, so. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, Dr. Dr. Vinyl. Dr. Vinyl. So, this guy, he has this uh, leather slash like vinyl repair shop where furniture would be brought in, but mostly cars. Okay. So, he would tell me, my friend Matt, who naive as he was, especially at the time, he's like, hey, you know, you know a guy named Ingve Mouse? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Because he uh, he brought his Ferrari in today. I'm like to your shop. Yeah. I'm like that's fucking awesome. Like did you talk to him? I'm like I'm freaking. I immediately just you know, what? And he's like oh so he's like he's a big deal. I'm like yeah he's a huge deal man. That's he's one of the guitar gods to a lot of people. Um, you know and he's obviously phenomenally supernatural practically. But yeah. uh, as good as he is, my friend says he is a great A. Well. And I shouldn't say this, but whatever, he's a douche. No, <laughs> from dude. what I've heard. But uh, the best yeah, people he are. He brings his multiple Ferraris. He brings like his like circle of Ferraris in for like repair and stuff. I don't know why the fuck he keeps fucking up these Ferraris, dude. Why does Wait. he regular? <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's the question of the night, actually. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yo, Andrew, what are you doing here? What are you Ferrari? doing? Why is this torn again? Yeah, yeah. Torn again, dude. Um, but but he's, he says that he's like. Maybe we'll get him in the next episode. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> he's, got, he's like, you know, 6'3, fucking wears tight leather pants and like the jangly fucking bracelets yeah, and all that, that and necklaces. And that's probably all you hear in the podcast. <laughs> 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 that's all you hear. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, Jason, yeah, I'm so angry, yeah. Just kill! No one remembers your name!
This is redemption for my sins!